Let's talk about the phone. Does anyone remember a time when phones were attached to walls? Think about it. Growing up in my home, we did not have fancy phones. We had those big bricks that were in the corner of the living room next to the TV attached to the wall. And I can remember being young when it would ring, getting really excited. Anyone? It was attached to the wall. And it would send out this loud shrill, and it was a thrill because it was who could it be? Who could possibly be on that other line? I think we were definitely optimistic. Oh, it could be my aunt calling or my cousin or my best friend. You were excited because mostly you're connecting. Now, my parents often had bill collectors call. (laughs) So then we figured, you know what? We need an answering machine. Someone to interrupt just in case it's not someone we want to talk to. But bottom line, it was always still a blessing, an exciting moment to get a phone call and wonder who could it be. Fast forward to about 1998. I got my first mobile phone. And it was a flip phone. Yes. My husband works in the technology industry, which has been interesting, you guys, because he has seen these things coming. He knows kind of what's going on, what people are trying to create in technology and devices to come in order to make our lives easier. Let's remember that. We are creative beings. And the thing that we are most compelled to do is solve problems, often especially if you want to sell something, solve a problem, make life more convenient, make life easier. So mobile phones, of course, we're going to make life not only more convenient because now you could place a call anytime, anywhere, but could get more work done and be reachable at more times. I remember having a little Motorola flip phone. It was tiny too. It was like, that was back in the time when like the tinier the phone, the cooler it was. And it clipped to my belt, uh, the waist, waist pant, you know, band belt of my waist, um, whatever you call it, waistband. There it is. And I was working at a sports club. I was the program director. And I remember slipping that little phone on my hip. Made me feel a little special. Just a little bit, right? Prior to that, if you think about it, it was keys. If you had keys on your hip or you walked around with keys, that showed you had some kind of authority. You could get into places or needed access to something. You were the person with the keys. Well, now we've got this phone. And I'll admit it was it was fun. I didn't have many phone calls. Nobody was really calling me. Uh, there were no texting. It was just a phone. I could talk to my husband when he needed to talk to me and put in phone calls to him as needed, but it wasn't very busy. It was probably definitely more of just a a symbol of connection and authority, power, right? Initially. And here we are today. <laughs> Who would have thunk, except my husband, I have to be honest with you, he's been seeing this evolution come of where we were going with this ability to connect, ability to create, ability to create work, be efficient, and 
now we find ourselves in a state of stress. Stress. Stress is still the number one killer connected to all chronic disease, whether it's cancer, a heart disease, liver, lungs, anything where our systems begin to fail us, the first thing we want to put our finger on is where's stress in my life? By the way, I'm Elisa Keaton, the founder of Revelation Wellness, and we are in a series where I'm just coming to you and talking straight from my heart, but going to give you some solid teaching of things we need to know for the days ahead. This is a second part. The first part, you can go back. It's in the show notes and listen to part one of this series called Getting Back Our Lives from Our Phone. And this is important because I know that I know that without us having this revelation or uh, an interruption of the relationship we have with our phones and the things that we just do because it's what we do, if we're not able to step back, observe and assess our life, that we, there's no way, there's no way we can even consider having good health. (laughs) It's a root system. If the root, at our root level, we are not present to what we are doing, being aware of the choices we make, there's just no chance for change. Awareness precedes transformation. We cannot change what we are not aware of. But I can ask you this. How you sleeping? How at peace do you feel throughout your day? Here's a big one. How bored are you during the day? Do you ever have moments that you just have nothing to do and you actually find yourself with nothing to do? There once was a time that we had nothing to do. And I would suggest that the Lord is asking us in this time where we are in a very unique time that we cannot do what we usually want to do, that we take this time to assess. So today I want to talk to you about the effects on our brain and body that comes from this over-connection to our technology. And I'm going to be putting my finger on our phones, but it could be anything. Maybe for you, it's not your phone. Maybe it's your iPad or maybe it's your, maybe it's um, your TV. I, I don't know. Where does your go-to? Maybe it's Netflix. Maybe it's that thing that you just like to fill your time with. I just think phone happens to be one of the number one things because it's so convenient and everyone has one. Uh, my husband, as some of you know, is also a police officer at night, and he says it's never it's it's so bewildering, Elisa, that these are there are people that are on the streets that have no food, no shelter, and have not bathed or clothed freshly in a long time, but yet they have a phone. <laughs> It's like the thing, it's like the oxygen that we really believe we have to have in order to survive. It's a survival thing. But friends, we were meant to thrive. So let's talk about the effects on our brain and body. I'm going to dive in. We want to dive deep today because once you know, you know. And I, I realize that some people probably don't want to listen to this message and just keep putting your, phone, your, your fingers in your ears, but I will promise you, promise you this. Pay now or pay later. You will pay. Pay now or pay later. 
I'm ready to pay now while the debt is shorter than it will be 10 to 15 years from now when I look back and like, where did my time go? (laughs) It's never too late. Grace and mercy abound. Okay, so here's what happens. Back to that time, remember when we get a phone call with the phone on the wall? Bang, there would be a release of a hormone for at that time, depending on what you associated the phone with. If you were, if it was constant bill collectors calling, then you would associate the phone ring with stress, with cortisol released in your body. But at that time, because phones were a novelty, we didn't carry them with us all the time, a phone would ring and you'd get excited. So it would be dopamine released. A chemical, every experience you have in life is releasing some chemistry. We are just these beakers of energy (laughs) and and we respond to the highs and the lows with chemistry in our body. That's just something to be aware of. Every thought you're having of the experience you're in is creating some type of chemistry and that chemistry is, is either up regulating elevating and lifting your immune system or depressing and suppressing it. That's why the Bible says, choose how you are going to see this. Choose life or choose death. We get to frame our pain with the reality of God's truth. So whatever it is, when a phone call now back then happened, it was exciting, but now we know, and the research is showing us, as our phones go off or a notification has happened, uh, we get a, a squirt, a release of cortisol. It jolts our body into a stress response. And what do we do? We respond to stress. You're trained to respond to stress. The body has been built for that. God has designed you to survive and live and respond to stress. Stress isn't a bad thing. It's the overabundance of it, too much of it, that is a bad thing. So if you think about it, the phone jolts us into uh, a, a stress response. Cortisol comes out. And then what we do is reach for the phone to do whatever it is we do because that helps us to relieve the stress and then dopamine gets released. And here's the other thing. The truth is we also like to be needed. We, we are created to be in connection and be needed. So that also makes us think I'm participating in something and I feel like I can do something. So we're in this cycle of stress, pleasure, sickness over and over stress. Okay. Let me do something to relieve it. So that's pleasure. And then I only dig myself into a deeper hole of sickness. Do you see it? A phone, 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 notification, notification, released stress in me. But then I go check my phone or do a thing I do. Dopamine comes out and now I'm in this pit that spirals. And that's the only way that I know to keep digging is go get another hit go respond again to whatever that thing is. Go scroll again. Go do that again. And it keeps me in a cycle of unhealth. We were never created for this much information, this much connection. 86% of Americans say they check their email and social media accounts constantly and that it is stressing them out. Can I ask you that? We love social media. We love our email. We love our phones. But 
is it stressing you out? If you can say yes to that, then you know we're in a pattern. You're in a pattern of bondage that will only continue to steal, kill, and destroy and take from your life. And Mama Keats here says, no, we can't do this. I can't give you another fitness program or let's do revving the words and all these things. If meanwhile, you're, I'm not even worried so much about food anymore. I almost think we turn more to food because we're so disconnected from ourselves because we're overly connected to the world through this little thing called our phone or media, you know, insert whatever it is. I'm specifically talking to the phone because I think you're listening to me right now because you have a phone. It's a fantastic tool, but we've got to get back what's been stolen. Endocrinologist Robert Lustig, he told this uh, magazine Business Insider that notifications from our phones are training our brains to be in a near constant state of stress and fear by establishing a stress-fear memory pathway. Remember I was saying it's a cycle and it just keeps pathway. Neuropathways, remember, neuropathways are like trails that you walk in your brain. It's the path you take. And remember, the brain always wants to take the path of least resistance. That's why we need a savior, because he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. And he creates new neuropathways, new ways out of these patterns of cycles of sickness due to sin. He goes on to say, such a state means that the prefrontal cortex, remember that's the place of reasoning, the part of our brain that normally deals with some of our highest order and cognitive functioning, goes completely haywire and basically shuts down. You end up doing stupid things, lust excess, and those stupid things tend to get you in trouble. That's what I'm saying. I can sit here and talk about food and I can sit here and talk about, you know, how um, moving your body and how, how good it is for you. But my goodness, what if the other hours of the day you are reaching for something that is only dumbing down your higher reasoning so then you can't even really access truth and the word of God and remember what you studied that morning and apply it. It's just so tempting now to spend 10 minutes with God or 30 minutes with God in the morning, or even if you spend an hour, but then the rest of your days be so caught up in the need to be seen or to be heard or to meet the needs of another that you've lost complete connection to that abiding peace. One thing to remember about how stress uh, gets carried in your actual physical body is that every time you frame a situation in the thought of it stressful, which is according to research, the notifications, the even just this low-grade hum of stress that you have, you don't even recognize it, which drives you to go to your social media because it's there and you just want something to feel good for a second. I just want something there. I just need something. And if you go there, we're continue to compound the effects of stress. And then that thought you have of stress, you have a neuron because you have a thought, you have neurons. Those are like brain cells. 
And then those brain cells release something called neuropeptides, which is a protein. It's a protein that you have. So if when a stress thought or a stress response, your body releases neuropeptides, a protein into the bloodstream. And those neuropeptides look to rest in a cluster of immune cells called monocytes. And then they nestle in to kind of like the yolk of an egg. They nestle into the cell of the immune system there, those, those clusters of monocytes, and they make their self home in a place called the neuroreceptors. That's, there's a little place where they kind of lock and key that those neuropeptides rest in perfectly. And they sit right there in your immune system. And all you're doing is stewing around in this state of chronic, blech, chronic boredom or not boredom, chronic pain, like just negative thinking, thinking or not thinking at all, just being a victim to situations. It's, it's a low grade energy. It's not positive for you because stress begets stress. Right. But if you have a positive thought, and you've got to have space in your mind to have a positive thought. Can I get an amen? You don't just get positive thoughts because they come naturally. You got to cultivate that in your heart. And the only way to do that is where you create space between you and the thing that is stressing you out or the thing that is causing fear, anxiety, or worry. And that's why Jesus says, don't do that. Don't worry about what you'll eat or drink. Do not be anxious about anything. That is going to tear you apart. And those monocytes are going to be hibernating with this this stress response inside of you. And then stress begets stress. And that tears down our body. And we wonder why we have sickness and disease. Now, listen, everyone. You're going to have sickness and disease. We, we know this is not about Revelation Wellness. We are not here to lengthen the amount of days you have because those have been counted and ordained by God. But we are here that you don't get ripped off one of those days, that you fulfill the entirety of the call of your life in its fullest from the amount of days to the disciplines or things that God has called you to do, that you leave nothing on the table. And friends, you will have to train for that. You have to train for that. You can't just, it just, you don't stumble into that. (laughs) And this is what it is for positive thinking, for thinking and reframing a situation and what could be possible here. What else could I do with my time other than fill it with this? Now it takes bravery to say, I need to fill it with something else. I want to take, I'm not going to take the easy way, the broad road that leads to destruction. I need to turn and swim upstream. And guess what, friends? You're not alone. We're in this with you because this is what the world needs. Men and women of God who are fully alive, who are rattling and and vibrating with the energy of love and hope peace and joy and gentleness and kindness. And we got to go get that resource. And then we plant that and we think those things, and we're so aware of that, even though the world shouts fear and dread, and I've got to have more likes and I need to build my platform and tells us what we need to do to conquer the world, that we can quiet that voice and go, wait a minute. 
what is true? What is eternally true? What has eternal value? What will I pour myself into that will last? Something of eternal value. And then that that energy gets released into our bloodstream because we have a thought, a neuron gets wrapped around that thought, releases a neuropeptide. And then those neuropeptides, they're happy to go look for the little cluster of monocytes for uh, this key to rest inside the keyhole of the cell of, an immune, of your immune system and give you the upgrade of peace and joy, quiet, peace and quiet. Why, why do we say that? I need some peace and quiet. We don't just say, I, we, we can't say I need peace or I need quiet, but peace and quiet. Because there's power in peace and there's presence of God in quiet. Isn't that profound? I love, I love quiet. It's, I'm fascinated by quiet. Often though, you guys, we don't look for quiet until we are in our beds and then we expect quiet to be like our, our mother nurse to get us to sleep, like a pacifier to then help us get to sleep. Man, we know first Kings 19 that Elijah hears God in a whisper. He wasn't in the earthquake. He wasn't in the notification. He wasn't in the text. He wasn't in the email. What if he's not in any of that? And listen, good stuff, not God stuff. What if it's in the silence? What if it's in the boredom, the fascination, the curiosity to wonder, oh, this is health. You guys will feel really passionate about it. This is health. I'm super excited that you are wanting to get well. Okay. I told you prior last episode that our phones are making us stupid. <laughs> stupid. We don't remember stuff. We're just tapping out quickly, looking it up. We think we have more information. We have more information. We don't have much knowledge. Tons of information. But do I have knowledge? Right? Do I have wisdom? Wisdom is knowledge applied. You take what you know and then you begin to apply it. That's why today you're receiving some knowledge. And I'm hoping we start moving towards wisdom and we apply it. And by the way, at the end of this series, we're all going to get excited to apply some things. But let's just keep talking about it. This is where it's fun. We don't have to, some of you are like, tell me today, Lisa. I need to do it today. No, you just need to realize and just take a minute to let this knowledge sit and sink into you. Because if we started to do the things to start making a change and this, this, you know, first I need to do this and then I'm going to do this without the knowledge, um, it'll, it'll fleet. It won't stay. So just let this information become what it needs to be. And then, you know, like, I'm not saying don't do anything. If you feel the Holy Spirit already putting his hand, finger on something, follow. But I'm not here to, to put a heavy burden on you. I feel like revelation, knowledge, revelation of the Lord changes everything. And I hope that's what you're hearing in this podcast series. On the topic of our brains being made stupid, come on, wouldn't the enemy love to just make us stupid? Now we know that we are going to look foolish to the world, but foolish is not stupid. <laughs> foolish is not stupid. Researchers have found smarter, more analytical thinkers 
are less active on their smartphone search engines than other people. Now, that doesn't mean that using your phone for searching causes you to be dumber. It could just be that the smarties, the smart people, are searching less because they know more. Let's sit with that for a second. Wouldn't that be cool if you are the person at the party or at the gathering that you just, it's just in you. It's like wisdom and stuff coming up from inside of you because you went deep with the Lord, not because you spent a bunch of time Googling some analytics and information. I was telling my son the other day, I can remember in college, going to the library just stressed me out. (laughs) I did not grow up reading books. I didn't grow up being read to, trips to the library. I don't know. I think we went there just to maybe check it out like a museum, but we didn't, I didn't have access. My husband grew up like with the library. His parents took him to the library, stacks of books. He had like the sticker charts and the whole thing, which I love. I've learned. I love to read now. My gosh, I'm a ferocious reader. And I know when I'm not reading and I tend to just be flipping more, scrolling more, and I'm not gaining true knowledge. Things that are found in books that I can read and go deep in and dive deep and really expand my mind. And here's what I have to say. I don't have proof for this, but I think if you can be a deep thinker and hold a thought like reading a book for whatever amount of time and you can hold that thought, then of course ideas and thoughts can come to you that will hold and stay longer. And then you're not just wasting time doing the next fad or trend. You're holding like this vat of wisdom and it's with you wherever you go. It says there's a link between less analytical thinking and more smartphone scrolling. So the more you scroll, the less smart you are. Revelation Wellness, friends, you're smart people. You are smart. You are intelligent. You are wise. And I know the Lord wants to impart wisdom into you. And here's my cry. We need you. I need you. I need you to wake up. I need you to want what God wants because the world is hungry for something that only you can release. Only you. Stop passing it off to me or to someone else or your pastor or your small group leader or your woman faith ministry leader. It's you. You are fearfully, wonderfully made and given a unique gift and voice and call and you've got to go out and do that. But something cuts in on us. And right now, we're going to put our finger on this thing called the phone. Romans 1.22 says, Claiming to be wise, they became fools. I love Romans 1 is all about people with minds that are not of God. They're debased minds. Their foolish hearts are darkened and they worship and serve created things rather than creator God. They claim to be wise and they became fools. Not us. Not on my watch. No. Proverbs 18.24, a man of many companions, thousands of Facebook likes and comments, may come to ruin, may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And finally, Luke 10.41-42. Mm. But the Lord answered her, 
Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary, and it's not your phone. (laughs) Sorry, he didn't say that. That was me, added. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Choose the good portion, friends. I'm doing this series because I want to believe and I believe and know that you are going to strengthen your mind to choose the good portion. And there's no bar set here. You're going to show up to this however you need to show up. There is no condemnation. I hope you feel excited. I hope you feel like I'm about to go to school. I'm about to get a PhD. I am about to write that book. I am about to take that class. I'm about to do this thing because this is what God has put inside of me. Surely he wants to get it out. Thank you, God, for this time. Thank you for the wisdom and the knowledge, revelation of what we need right now on the earth, God, especially in a time that we are in. Something so interesting is this time of COVID, God, that you are, you're doing a work. You're doing a big work in us, preparing us, getting us ready for the days ahead. And God, we know they won't be easy. We know it. Bible show, we already know the end. And we know for the people of God, there's a strength and a mercy and a grace for ourselves and for others that we are going to need. God, impart healing upon us. Um, We ask the Holy Spirit that you would just begin to sing sweetly and direct us firmly in the places that we each only can go. We love you and we thank you for this time. Thank you for this community. Thanks that we can know these things and apply them. In Jesus' name, amen. See you guys next time, part three.